Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Tuesday, April 17th, 2018. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio. Beantown Athletics is Boston's go-to destination for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownathletics.com. Today's show is presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using my promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. And the Major League Baseball season is upon us. So now is your chance to take advantage of the simplicity of daily fantasy baseball at DraftKings. You don't need to commit to an entire 162-game season. It's just too long. Put together a new lineup every single day. Pick your days. And you know what? Put together more than one lineup every single day if you want. So sign up right now at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app with promo code PICK. That's P-I-C. And play for free with your first deposit. Again, promo code PICK. P-I-C at DraftKings.com. And with baseball season in full swing, that means so is golf season. Well, you might not know that if you live here in Boston or in the New England area because the weather has been absolutely out of control. But uh, as we get closer to golf season and golf weather, like you, I've made a commitment to playing more golf this year. Here's the problem, though. It's just way too expensive. And I'm not talking about the price of a tee time. I'm talking about the absurd price of golf balls. Well, I'm here to help you out. It's a company called Golf Ball Monkey. You hear me talk about them all the time. Golf Ball Monkey sells premium, slightly used golf balls at a discounted rate. And I know what you're thinking. Used golf balls? Really, Danny? Well, think about this. How many times have you opened a brand new box of balls, taken one out, put it on a tee, hit it once, and lost it? A lot, right? Then what do you do? You take out another new ball and hit that one as well. Well, what happened to the first one you lost? I'll tell you what happened. Golf Ball Monkey found it, and it's still good as new. At Golf Ball Monkey, they harvest, buy, and sell premium used golf balls to wholesalers, retailers, and people like me and you. They have Titleist, Callaway, Nike, Pinnacle, Bridgestone, TaylorMade, and more. And it's all I'm using this year. All I'm using are these premium, slightly used golf balls from Golf Ball Monkey. Nothing else. So go to GolfBallMonkey.com right now. That's GolfBallMonkey.com and receive free shipping on all orders over 50 bucks and get 5% off any order by using my promo code PICK. That's P. I see. Get back out on the course this year while swinging for less golf ball monkey. Welcome to the show. I'm here on a Tuesday this week, usually every Monday and Thursday, but uh, yesterday was Marathon Monday, and congrats to everybody who ran the marathon. I mean, I've never run the Boston Marathon. I don't really have any interest in running the Boston Marathon but uh, the people who do, I can only imagine just how difficult it is, you know, when you have normal weather. But yesterday, this year, you had just torrential downpours all day long. I mean, I can't imagine what that must have been like. So congrats to everybody who ran the Boston Marathon. There was no Red Sox game. They usually have the Marathon Monday game at Fenway. It got rained out. So uh, we've had some brutal weather but the Red Sox now are on the West Coast. They have a 13-2 record to begin the season. So an outstanding start for the Sox. 
They are playing in L.A. against the Angels tonight on this Tuesday, April 17th at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock Eastern time. David Price will go for the Red Sox on five days rest. He had the hand issue, the game that last week that I talked about on this podcast with Joe Kelly, you know, had the fight with the Yankees. David Price left that game. That was a storyline that was overlooked because of the benches, the bench clearing brawl. David Price left the game after one inning. What, he couldn't, he had numbness in his throwing hand? And I told you the next day on this podcast that my concern was with David Price's elbow. And I didn't think that he would be able to make his next stop. Or at least I thought that maybe we'd see some type of, I don't know, 15-day DL. We didn't. He's going to start. We'll see what this looks like. So if I guess if that was just a cold weather issue for David Price, um, I mean, you question the toughness, obviously. But I'll be honest, as much as we could question the toughness there, like, if he's just getting taken out of a Red Sox-Yankees game after the first inning because it's too cold from the pitch, he can't feel his hand. Yeah, you question the toughness. But I'd rather be questioning that toughness than talking about a DL stint and a serious elbow injury, which if David Price does have another elbow issue this year and we're talking about another visit to Dr. James Andrews, then we will be talking about surgery. So, uh I think the good news is we're not talking about surgery and he's going to make another start. And hopefully we can just forget that and we can move on with David Price dominating the rest of the season for the Red Sox. But he will go up against the Phenom. Are we calling him a Phenom? Otani? Shohei Otani. Is that what we're doing? Phenom? I mean, he can pitch. He can hit. I question the aspect when they were talking about the fact that he wanted to pitch and hit at the major league level in Major League Baseball. I kind of laughed at it. I thought, I just don't think, you know, in this day and age where we see pitches in general just get treated like, I mean, they get treated like glass, right? I mean, they handle every single pitcher with care. It gets the old school baseball fan all fight up, right? Like, if you're an older baseball fan, you hate the pitch count. You, you know, you hate the idea of guys getting extra rest. You hate it. But, um, so, I mean, they, they treat pitches like glass anyways. So when I heard that this kid was coming to the States, going to pitch in the major leagues, and he was not, not just going to pitch, he also was going to hit too. I kind of laughed at it. I thought, one, nobody's going to, nobody's going to give him big money to do that, to do both. They're going to say, focus on one and that's it. Maybe if he signed with the National League team, they'd say, hey, you know what? You'll get your at-bats on the days that you pitch. And that's where you can take your hacks. But that's going to be it. Well, he signed with an American League team, signed with the Angels, and uh, he's been he's been hitting too. I mean, from a pitching perspective, heading into this game against the Red Sox on this Tuesday, April 17th, Otani has two wins. He's got an ERA around two. And then at the plate, he's got three home runs. So the kid can pitch, the kid can swing the stick. Let's see what he's going to do against the Red Sox in this series. But maybe the word phenom is too strong right now. I don't know. Maybe eventually we will be. I'll be interested to watch it. I have not really watched the kid play. But now that the Angels are going to be playing the Red Sox and, and, hey, he's going to be on the mound to get the start, we'll we'll see him pitch, you know, at least in this game, but I'm sure that at some point the rest of the series, 
obviously it's not a National League game, so you don't see him get to hit tonight. But I think you will see him in the lineup hitting one of these games against the Red Sox. So we'll we'll, we'll get to see Otani uh, firsthand as the Angels host the Red Sox in this series on the West Coast. But what is right now about? Right now is really all about the playoffs, isn't it? It is. It's all about the playoffs. I know the Patriots are trying to steal headlines, and I have a Patriots rant that I need to go on, but I'm not going to take away from the playoffs right now. Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll get to the playoffs before I get to my Patriots rant. But the Bruins and the Celtics, they're both in the playoffs. The Bruins in the Stanley Cup playoffs, they lost to Toronto in Toronto in Game 3. But the Bruins won the first two games. And after the first two games at home, so the Bruins have a 2-1 series lead. Even after Toronto's win in Game 3, I don't feel bad about this series from a Bruins perspective because Toronto just got bitched out so bad in the first two games of the Garden that... All right, they get the win in Game 3, but when you actually look at that game on Monday night, the Bruins had so many opportunities. You know, Anderson had that stick save. You get a couple posts, uh, you know, a couple bad calls from the officials. You get that weird stoppage in play. I mean, look, Toronto, they won. Austin Matthews had a nice goal from a tough angle. A similar angle to where Zidane Chara scored his crazy goal where he shot it off Frederick Anderson's head and went in. So, tip of the cap to Toronto. They win game three, and they make it a series. But I just think the Bruins are going to finish those opportunities that they had in game three more often than not. And if they're finishing those opportunities in game four, I don't think Toronto's going to stand a chance. I expect the Bruins to win game four, to split in Toronto, to bring it back home, up 3-1 in the series, and uh, I expect them to actually close it out in five. So I'm going to take the Bruins now to win this one, to win game four in Toronto, and then to close it out in game five back home at the TD Garden. And when you look at the rest of the Stanley Cup playoffs, you know, as I'm recording this podcast on Tuesday, April 17th, Tampa Bay leads New Jersey 2-1. So if the Bruins win their series and Tampa Bay wins that series, it'll be the Bruins and Tampa Bay. And I do think that's how it's going to play out. Then you got the Capitals. The Capitals, the the one seed there in that bracket. And <laughs> they are down 2-0 to Columbus. You know, I don't know if it's over for Washington. But if this is the way it ends this year, then... Something's got to get. Like, there need to be some serious changes, and and maybe, you know, maybe they do consider moving Ovechkin and seeing what they get. I don't. I don't know what Ovechkin's deal is. Anyways, like I don't know. Would he just if he's gonna get moved? Would he say fuck it? I'm going. I'm going to the KHL. I don't know. I I don't know. I honestly don't know what you can do if you're Washington. But you're they, they are down two zero to the Wild Card Blue Jackets, and then you get the Penguins leading the Flyers. Two games to one. The Penguins will move on there. Um, And then in the West, Nashville leads Colorado 2-1. Winnipeg leads Minnesota 2-1. The Vegas Golden Knights up 3-0 on the Kings. And then the San Jose Sharks up 3-0 on the Anaheim Ducks. So that's the Stanley Cup playoffs. And again, from a Bruins perspective, I expect them to close this series out in five games. I, I think that... 
when I do dig a little deeper into game three, getting past all the missed opportunities from the Bruins offense, from a defensive perspective, there were some issues. Like, you didn't have Grizzlick. I thought Grizzlick was great uh, in, what was it, game two? Uh, on one of those power plays, I was tweeting about it. And, uh, you know, you didn't have him. He's dealing with something right now. What is it? Is it lower body with Grizzlick? Is it lower body? It's it's some injury related issue with Grizzly, but you got to get him back in. You got to get Holden out. Uh, you also have to get Kevin Miller playing a little better than he did in Game Three. I have been praising Kevin Miller, and, and I've told you I think the the leap that Kevin Miller has taken in his career to to being basically somebody that I consider a top four defenseman now. I never thought I'd be saying that about him. You know, Kevin Miller has come a long way from being the guy that turned the puck over in Montreal, what was it, three or four years ago in the playoffs in that game in the opening minutes and just threw a puck right right under the the tape of a Canadiens player out front. And it really kind of cost him the rest of the series. But um, Kevin Miller's come a long way from, from that moment. And to go along with McAvoy and and Chara, you know, having this, do you, you call it a rebirth from Zdeno Chara? I don't know what it is. And then Tory Krug. You know, Kevin Mill is a guy that really can, can be that difference maker. And I'm not asking him to step up and score a goal. I'm not even asking him to, to be on the score sheet. From a defensive perspective in what you see in the NHL right now, which is do not turn the puck over in your own zone and, and just the transition game. You know, I, I didn't think Kevin Miller was very good at that, but he is now. And I'm confident in that. And so Kevin Miller's play, he can be a major difference maker. And if you could get Grizzly back in the lineup, you know, I think if Miller has a better game and Grizzly can get back in the lineup, that could make all the difference in the world for the Bruins. But Toronto, I, the first two games, they just got pitched out too bad for me to say that they will really have any shot to win this series. So uh, you had the the Kadri hit. He gets the three-game suspension. Obviously, he deserves that suspension. It's a scumbag hit. Uh, Wingles was on his knees. I mean, you could have thrown Kadri out of that game the hit before on Wingles behind the net. And so Wingles was running around, and he was putting targets on guys' backs. He put a target on Wingle's head. He left his feet. Wingle's was on his knees. He hit him with his fucking hip in the head. It's as dirty as you get. And uh, Kadri deserved to be suspended. So, and he was. So, the, the, the way this series is played out, I just do not see Toronto winning it. And, in fact, I see the Bruins win it in five. So, whatever does happen, I will react to it on this show. But moving on from the Stanley Cup playoffs to the NBA playoffs, we also have the Celtics involved. The Celtics won game one of their first-round series with the Milwaukee Bucks at home. That game was on Sunday. It was in overtime. It was a crazy finish in regulation where Milwaukee hits a shot with no time left. You know, I didn't even think, what was it, .5 on the inbound? And he hit it. And it goes to overtime. Celtics pull away. But the storyline so far has just been the traveling freak himself, otherwise known as the Greek freak. Every single time the Greek freak takes the ball to the basket, he travels. He travels. It's a legit travel. 
And because it looks weird. It's like, all right, he's a long, lanky dude. He's a tall kid. He likes to take it to the hoop. And he's got the he can palm the ball. And he's got it, he's got it held up. And he, he takes two long steps. No, he takes three long steps. That's why it looks so crazy. You know, you're not see you're not seeing anything that you know you have to you have to you know shake your head and go is 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 that real what I just saw did he just get to the basket in two steps no he didn't he got to the basket in three steps the Greek freak is the traveling freak all he does is travel that's really the story with that one but you know the Celtics now it's with Kyrie out with Smart out with obviously you know. Gordon Haywood, look, Al Horford's playing, played well, but I think, I really do think this is Marcus Morris's team. I, that's the feeling I get. I, and you know what? I want it to be Marcus Morris's team because Marcus Morris, you know, he had some, some, some technicals at the end of the season, especially, you know, he got ejected and, uh, he's got this, he's got this attitude. And Mike Gorman on the broadcast on NBC Sports Boston in game one, he, he said it perfectly. He said, Marcus Morris, you know, if he's on the other team, you hate him. But if he's on your team, you love him. To me, this is Marcus Morris's team. And I don't have a problem with that. I actually want it to be the case because now it's going to get chippy and you're going to get moments. It looks like Bledsoe can get a little chippy, right? He looks like a disgruntled player a little bit. What was that, his first playoff game? Eric Bledsoe on Sunday at the Garden in Game 1. So, uh, Milwaukee's going to want... I think Milwaukee's going to want to make this chippy, right? Because on the other hand, you got the Celtics. Tatum looks comfortable. Jalen Brown looks comfortable. You want to make those kids feel uncomfortable. And if you're Milwaukee, well, you might not have the... Outside of the Greek freak, you don't really have the talent. So, maybe try to make it chippy. And that's where Marcus Morris comes in. And uh, I think this is his team. So not only is he is he a chippy player with with some attitude, but Marcus Morris can hit the big shots as well. And uh, you know, I I actually love the fact that this seems like and is his team right now. So we'll see what the Celtics do. Hey, Milwaukee is is a you know they have the Greek freak. I know I called him the traveling freak, but he is somebody that could have a series that puts Milwaukee in the second round. And if you really look at that bracket, really the East, it's anybody's conference right now. Cleveland lost game one to Indy, Indiana. Toronto's up one nothing on Washington. Philly and Miami are tied at one in that series. Again, the Celtics up 1-0 Milwaukee. As I record this, Philly, by the way, they won game one, and everybody was just kissing their ass, Right? People, you know what that is? That is a sign. The reaction to the 76ers winning their game one and the way people were kissing their ass, that is a sign that people want the 76ers to be good. And not just good, they want them to be great. They want them to be great. They, maybe someday they are. In the very near future, they are. You know, Embiid's on Instagram. Joel Embiid's on Instagram saying he's sick of being babied. You know... To me, there are still some things with the 76ers that I roll my eyes over, but just the ass-kissing after they won game one was a little embarrassing for the league. Take it easy. Let them win two playoff games before you start kissing their ass the way you've been. Miami wins game two. That series is tied at one. I wouldn't be surprised if Miami wins that series, to be honest with you. 
So I didn't understand the ass kissing for Philly after game one. The only way I can describe it is that people want the 76ers to be, you know, a relevant playoff contender. That's what they want. And I just don't know that they are yet. They, they, they probably will be in the very near future, but maybe not right now. My point is this, especially in this bracket where the winner of the Celtics and Bucks series plays the winner of Philly and Miami, the road to the East Finals at least is anybody's ballgame. Could be the Celtics, could be Milwaukee, could be Philly, could be Miami. And I get news for the Cavaliers. Now, I don't believe it's going to happen. I do think LeBron's going to turn it on. I do think Cleveland's going to win that series. I do think Cleveland's going to get to the East Finals. I still think Cleveland's going to get to the NBA Finals because I feel like we're having these, one of these, when are we going to learn moments? Like, when are you going to learn to not rule out LeBron James? People continue to do it. I I don't know if everybody in the media is just looking for controversy and ratings or if they've all just been hitting the head with a steel chair. But holy shit, this is absolutely one of those when are we going to learn moments. When are you going to learn to not rule out LeBron James after one game against the Indiana Pacers? Give me a fucking break. The guy is not down and out. I still put my money on Cleveland, get into the East Finals, get into the NBA Finals, but, um, you know, who they play is anybody's guess. You know, do would I put my money in the Celtics beating Milwaukee? Yeah, I probably would. But like I've said on previous podcasts, would I be shocked if the Greek freak turned it on and led the Milwaukee Bucks to the East Finals? No, I wouldn't be shocked by that. I think that's how close it is with these four teams, Philly, Miami, Boston, Milwaukee, right now with the Celtics having all the injuries that they currently have. So uh, I will pick the Celtics to win the series, but I don't think it's going to be easy. And if I'm wrong, I'm not going to be shocked. That's all. And the rest of the East, LeBron, Come on, don't rule LeBron out just yet, okay? Don't do it. Don't do it. And as I record this, over in the West, Houston leads Minnesota 1-0. OKC leads Utah 1-0. I told you, I got OKC going to the West Finals. I got OKC beating Utah, then beating Houston. Yeah. And then you got New Orleans leading Portland 1-0. Golden State leading San Antonio 2-0. Golden State's without Steph Curry. They say he could be back for the second round, but we'll see. Uh, they might not need him. You know, if I'm Golden State, look at that bracket. You're the two seed. In fact, having the one seed, I think, is is a tough draw for Houston because they'll have to play OKC in the second round. Where if, Now that you're the two seed, you're Golden State. What? If you could beat San Antonio, which they should, you know, you get the whole Kawhi Leonard controversy. Is it controversy? Drama? What word do you want to use to describe that? Either way, it's not, Kawhi Leonard's not going to play in the series all the rest of the year because Golden State, they're going to beat San Antonio. They might sweep them. And then they'll play the winner of Portland, New Orleans. Is, are either of those teams going to beat Golden State? No. So you could sit, if you're Golden State, you could sit Steph Curry up until the West Finals where you're playing either Houston or OKC. I think they'll be playing OKC. Then Steph Curry comes back. Then you'll get some people going, oh, I don't know. They look good without Steph Curry. They got the chemistry. It might be a bad thing for Steph to return. Those people will be idiots. And those are probably the same people ruling out LeBron James right now. So I expect Golden State and OKC in the West Finals. But that's the way the playoffs look right now. 
and it's an exciting time. You know, it's all about playoff basketball and playoff hockey, and whatever does happen, I will react to it on this show, and I'll try to keep it as timely as possible. Look, it's difficult because there's games every night. Series continue to change. By the time you listen to this podcast, you know, more games might have been played and, and somebody might, something different might, might be going on in a certain series. So uh, I'll try to keep it as timely as possible, but I am all in on NBA playoffs and the Stanley Cup playoffs, and I will continue to react to everything on this very show. And, uh, you know, while I'm all in on those things, I... The last 24 hours has been a little crazy for me. I was up till 5 a.m. yesterday. I was up until 5 a.m. Because if you've listened to the show or follow me on social media, you know I have this new YouTube series. Uh, one of a couple different YouTube series that I'm going to be launching. I've launched one now. It's called 363 Off the Air. And it's basically an over-the-top portrayal of what happens around here when we are not recording this podcast. And uh, I just released episode two today on this Tuesday, April 17th. But I told you I was going to release it on Monday. But I had some major audio issues as I'm editing the video. And uh, audio issues will be the death of me. They will. They'll be the death of me. Audio issues. I just always have them. It's just there's always something wrong with some type of audio somewhere, somehow with something that I'm either recording, film, you know, audio purposes, video purposes. There's always going to be audio issues. I was trying to fix them. The Bruins game started, so I'm obviously all in on that. Bruins game ends. All the editing that I, that I made all day long didn't get saved. I had to do it all over again, which means I was up until 5 a.m. doing them because you get to like 3 in the morning, and on something like that, you know, everyone's been there. Whether, whether you had a project you were doing, whether you're, you're doing work for, you know, whatever it is, school, finals, um, doesn't matter. We've all been there. You get to like 2, 3 a.m., you're like, I'm almost done. What am I going to give up now? Go to bed? Wake up at 8 and do it? No, let's just finish it now. So I stayed up. I did it. I finished it. I put it out there today. So make sure you go watch it on my YouTube channel, episode two, 363 off the air. Again, the YouTube link is youtube.com slash Danny Picard. Check it out. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notifications button and uh, there will be more regular episodes coming. But episode two is now live at youtube.com slash Danny Picard. And of course... Like I told you, I have a rant about the Patriots, and I'm going to close this show out with this because they got me fight up. Not Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick had me fight up, you know, the day after the Super Bowl because he didn't play Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl in the Patriots' Super Bowl loss to the Eagles. You know, we did all that. I'm over it. Um, and well, over, over it might be strong, but you get what I'm saying. Like, at some point, someone like myself who talks about these teams for a living. We're going to move on to the next thing. And the next thing right now is, with the Patriots, the beginning of off-season workouts. I don't know how you want to phrase what these workouts are. They're voluntary. Um, You know, guys have skipped them in the past. Guys have skipped half of the workouts in the past. Guys have been, have had full attendance in the past. How much do you really want to look into this? Well, 
there's a theme that's that's building with this team right now, this Patriots team. And it involves all the major players. It involves Tom Brady. It involves Rob Gronkowski. It involves Bill Belichick. And, you know, we even had some other stuff that came out recently that I don't even know. Did I react to this in the last podcast? I might not have. But the Danny Amendola, no, I don't think I did. The Danny Amendola, Danny Amendola is a Miami Dolphin now, okay? And, the, you know, the reason Danny Amendola is a, is a Miami Dolphin is because I, I'll, this, is, this is business as usual for the Patriots, what I'm about to say. Business as usual for the Patriots is Danny Amendola is a Miami Dolphin because he's replaceable. Okay? He, I said it. That's, that's the truth and nothing but the truth. Danny Amendola, as much as I love the guy when he was with the Patriots, as much as he was great for the Patriots and the success that they had, okay? He was a big part of that success, Danny Amendola. Danny Amendola, as much as I love the guy when he was with the Patriots, fact of the matter is he's replaceable. And that's why he's on the Dolphins. Because he no longer wanted to take a pay cut. Danny Amendola had a conversation or an interview, whatever you want to call it, with ESPN Boston's Mike Reese. And um, Amendola goes off about a couple different things. One of them is the Malcolm Butler pension at the Super Bowl. I'll get to that. The other thing is the way Bill Belichick handles the pain of players. He basically says, you know, Bill doesn't like to pay his players. Amendola actually uses the phrase, I gave money back to Bill, back to the Patriots. I took a pay cut. He talks about that. And um, then, so basically he's implying like, all right, now it's time for me to get money. Like I gave money to the Patriots. I took pay cuts. At some point, you got to pay the man. Amendola points out he's with the Miami Dolphins right now because he says the Patriots don't like to pay their players. Sour grapes, right? And the sour grapes continued with the Malcolm Butler stuff. Danny Amendola, even though I'm with him. I mean, I was pissed off about the Malcolm Butler stuff. Malcolm Butler not playing in the Super Bowl. And I can only imagine what it's like to have been a player on that team, losing that game, seeing that Malcolm Butler didn't play it, and then get no explanation for it. If that's if the, if the no explanation part's true, that would make me even more pissed off if I'm a player. But Amendola says, you know what? You know, we got no explanation for it. He was one of our brothers. He was one of our guys. He puts in all this hard work. And we lost the Super Bowl. And he could have helped us. And he didn't play. And we got no explanation. And uh, he kind of implies that maybe there was something personal going on. You know my theory on the Malcolm Butler thing. And again, at some point, we got to move on from the Malcolm Butler thing. All right? Because now he's part of the Tennessee Titans. And, and people aren't going to like what I'm about to say about Malcolm Butler either, but I've said this so many times that if you've heard me before, you're not going to be shocked by this. But like I just said about Danny Amendola, Malcolm Butler is replaceable. Danny Amendola and Malcolm Butler have a couple things in common right now in this middle of April 2018. One, they are both no longer with the Patriots. And two, they are both, whether you like it or not, whether they like it or not, whether I like it or not, 
Both Danny Amendola and Malcolm Butler are replaceable. They are. You're telling me they're not? You were trying to tell me that Wes Welker wasn't replaceable when the Patriots went and brought in Danny Amendola. Malcolm Butler, again, oh, by the way, as much as I was pissed that he didn't play in that game, as much as Amendola should be pissed off about that, as we here in New England should be attempting to move on from this, a little dose of reality for everybody, including Danny Amendola, is that the Patriots picked Malcolm Butler up off the fucking street. Like, I think P- I honestly think people forget this. Malcolm Butler was an unrestricted free agent, undrafted free agent. Mal- Nobody wanted Malcolm Butler. He was bagging groceries. Bill Belichick said, we'll take him. Not only did he take him, he turned him into a Super Bowl legend. Now, I get it. Malcolm Butler made the proper adjustments on that play. We saw it. He got toasted on that play at practice before the Super Bowl against the Seahawks. And then he made the right play, jumped up, and he made the what I call the greatest play in the history of sports. Not just the NFL, sports. Malcolm Butler intercepting Russell Wilson. Ripping, literally ripping the Lombardi Trophy out of Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson, and Marshawn Lynch's hands. Okay? That's Malcolm Butler. He made that adjustment. But he had the opportunity to make that adjustment because Bill Belichick gave it to him. And it's an opportunity that, let's be honest again here, folks, nobody was given Malcolm Butler. I would be so curious to know what Malcolm Butler would be doing right now if it wasn't for Bill Belichick signing him as an undrafted free agent. Would Malcolm Butler even be in the league? Let's say somebody else did sign Malcolm Butler. Would Malcolm Butler be anything halfway decent that we'd be talking about another team, you know, making a major acquisition by bringing him in, a la the Tennessee Titans? Would we be talking about Malcolm Butler this way if Bill Belichick never gave him an opportunity? The answer to that question to me is easy. It's no, we wouldn't be talking about Malcolm Butler because I don't think anybody would know who the fuck he is. He might not, he might never have been in the league if not for Bill Belichick. So people forget this. As much as I was pissed that Butler didn't play in the Super Bowl, pissed. Amendola has a right to be pissed about that. Patriots players have a right to be pissed about that. I'd be pissed too. I'd be knocking on Belichick's door going, what the fuck just happened out there? But now, months later, to sit, to not even be with the team anymore and to demand explanations is a little crazy because, again, at the end of the day, Bill Belichick is the the one who created Malcolm Butler. Bill Belichick is sitting back going, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You motherfuckers are going to all jump on me. You know, people make mistakes. And that was maybe a mistake to not play him in that game. But he obviously did something that Belichick didn't like. But Belichick must be sitting there going, do you people know, do you idiots know that I created this kid that nobody wanted him? And I took him out of nowhere and and turn him into somebody that you're all talking about, that you're all pissed off about, that I didn't play. That, that a guy that I didn't play, I played him the first time. No, when nobody else wanted to. When nobody else knew him, I played him. 
And you're all going to get up my ass? And now Danny Amendola is going to get up my ass? I get news for Danny Amendola. He's replaceable. Have fun in Miami. I get news for Malcolm Butler. He's replaceable. Have fun in Tennessee. Congrats. You got your contract. Great. Replaceable. If you think they're not, you haven't been paying attention to what the Patriots do, to what Bill Belichick does. And what Bill Belichick does is, I just, I don't know how many times I have to sit here and yell and scream about this, but it's a business. He puts a value, and right now is business as usual. You know who understands it's business as usual? Nate Solder. Nate Solder, Players Tribune, praises the Patriots. Obviously, Nate Solder's in a a little different situation than Danny Amendola. Um, and I understand that. But I, Nate Solder gets it. Danny Amendola does not. I'm grateful for what Amendola did for this team. But right now, Danny Amendola? Sour grapes, that's what it sounds like. One. Two. I got news for you. You're replaceable. That's why you're not a member of the Patriots. You could talk about how the Patriots don't want to pay guys all you want, but you're replaceable. <laughs> okay. Okay. Like if you decided to go after this money two years ago, the Patriots would have said, all right, see you later. You're replaceable. <laughs> so uh, the Patriots are handling this offseason as they always do. And yet we got to sit here with all this other stuff going on. Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA playoffs, Red Sox, season is underway. Uh, Marathon Monday yesterday. Just had the Masters a couple weeks ago. Just had March Madness. All this shit that's going on. And we have to talk about Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. And Danny Amendola. Forget about Danny Amendola. Danny Amendola is unhappy because he understands He's replaceable. That's it. That is it. And I know this sounds like a WWE promo, and I sound like the Miz right now in the ring calling out Danny Amendola for just being a spoke on the wheel. But that's what Danny Amendola was when he was with New England. He's just another. He's just a spoke on the wheel. That wheel is going to keep spinning and spinning and spinning. Brady and Gronk, they're a little different. And that's why this is such a big deal. They're different. Is Brady just a spoke on the wheel? No. Is Gronk just a spoke on the wheel? No. However, with Rob Gronkowski, I am telling you this right now. The longer this thing goes on, the closer I am getting. I think I said this a couple weeks ago. The longer the thing with Gronk goes on, and the story right now is, again, I, I think you know by now, Brady and Gronk missing from the beginning, at least, from the beginning of the Patriots off season workout program. Again, voluntary. They don't have to be there. Haven't had perfect attendance in the past, but they're missing. And people are connecting the dots to seeing all the things going on. Gronk threatens retirement. Uh, Brady, you know, is somebody that obviously is sending cryptic messages in some of his social media posts and uh, with the Facebook documentary, Right. And you had this going back to the Seth Wickersham story, you know, the stuff that Tommy Curran was talking about during the season, Tommy Curran and Mike Giotti for NBC Sports Boston. I mean, all this, all this stuff, you know, I get it with this smoke, this fire. I've told you, I think if people want to keep rubbing the twigs together, eventually they're going to find a spark. I, 
I think there's some of that too. But, um, you know, with Gronk, the longer this goes on with him, the closer I am getting to supporting the idea. I'm not there yet. But the longer this goes on, the closer I am to supporting the idea that Bill Belichick should say, you know what? You want to have fun? You want to be free? Gronk? You want to go do what you want to do? Have fun in Detroit. Have fun in Detroit. Take a first-round pick. A third, first and a third. Gronk to the Lions. You think Matthew Stafford, he's got a big arm. He's got a big arm for a quarterback. You you think he's going to take you to the promised land? You're going to have fun there? You're going to win. Do you have fun when you win? Do you, do you not want to win? What is it? Fun, winning, free. You make the decision. I am this close to sitting here on this show and telling you that the idea of accepting Belichick going, hey, Gronk, have fun in Cleveland. You want to have fun? Have fun in Detroit. I'm this close to accepting that idea. I am. I am. I'm not there yet, but I'm close because the Gronk stuff is pissing me off. It's pissing me off. I know he wants more money. It's some people coming out now going, oh, Gronk, you know, he wants to talk contract with the Patriots, and they're all shocked, and they're all reporting this. No shit he wants to. It's it's never been about retirement. It's never been about the WWE. It's never been about Hollywood. Jesus Christ, can everybody take their heads out of their ass for a second? The minute that Gronk answered a question after the Super Bowl going, oh, oh, retirement? I don't know where that's coming from. I mean, please. He planted the the news and then then knew the question was coming. And it's like, oh, I don't know where they got that. They're talking about retirement. They planted the story. He wants more guaranteed money. I don't blame him for wanting more guaranteed money. But get in a room and try to work something out at some point. Because all the bitching and moaning and the cryptic tweets and the social media. No, I think it's cryptic. I think Gronk, there's a method to his madness. He's a businessman. But the longer this goes, goes on, it's pissing me off. And if it's pissing me off, you have to believe it's pissing Belichick off. I'm not there yet where I'm calling Gronk a spoke on the wheel. But all the things that I just talked about with Amendola, with Malcolm Butler, replaceable. Gronk isn't replaceable. But if you want to have an honest conversation right now, they did win a Super Bowl without him. (laughs) They did. I mean, they did. You can't deny that. They did. I want Gronk back on the Patriots. But right now, it's just, it's such a, I think it's such a bad look for these guys, even for Brady here. Like, what do they want? Is it just about Guerrero? Is it about money? Is it about having fun? Is it about wanting the Patriots to change the way they do business all of a sudden? If it's about wanting the Patriots to do to change the way they do business all of a sudden, I don't side with the player on that. I don't. Because, again, the way the Patriots have done business is the thing that has given players like Brady and Gronk the opportunity to have the right 
to actually come out and, and feel this way and have people like me not necessarily want them to be shipped out of town. So, I just think all this talk about the Patriots, guys not showing up, guys being frustrated, it's a bad look on the players. The longer this goes on, the more I side with Belichick. Because Belichick's sitting there going, hey, I mean, we got the draft on you know, next week, right? Um, we got some picks here. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is he looking into Des Bryant? Des Bryant was released. Is he looking into side bringing him in? I don't know. One-year deal, Des Bryant? I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't need that to happen. But if you told me they'd signed Des Bryant to a one-year deal that's incentive-based, is he going to accept that? Well, I'd accept that. But, I mean, Belichick is, you know, the longer this stuff goes on, he's just doing, he's handling business, man. And and Deion Sanders had a post the other day on social media where he's like, I hope every player in the league looks at this as a business because that's what it is. Take care of yourself. I'm with you, Deion. I'm with you. 100%, 110%. Even the business I'm in, it's a business. Treat it as such. For the longest time, I didn't really do that. And, you know, I kicked myself because I had opportunities to do certain things and I didn't always follow my head. Instead, I followed my heart. And I didn't treat it like a business. And, you know, I wish there were decisions in the past that I could take back. Knowing what I know now. You got to treat it like a business. Whatever you're in, treat it like a business. And that's no different in the NFL. So, Dion, I'm with you. Every player should treat it like a business. But so should Bill Belichick. And the business that Bill Belichick's in is the business of winning. I've seen it. We've all witnessed it. We know it's real. We know there have been big-name players that have come in here and that he's potted ways with. We didn't like it at first, and then we saw that those guys were replaceable because Bill Belichick, you know, to steal a phrase from Vince McMahon, old Vinnie Mac, Belichick's going to do what's best for business. And uh, the longer we, the more we talk about Gronk, the more we talk about him, the closer I am getting to accepting the idea of saying, you know what? You want to have fun? Have fun in Detroit. Have fun in Cleveland. Anywhere else? Chicago? I don't know. Where do you want to go? You name it. The Chargers? You, you want to play with Phillip Rivers? That hectic SOB? <laughs> you want to have fun there? That's a, that is... It's stressful watching Philip Rivers on TV, even when I don't have a horse in the race. Can't imagine playing with the guy. So you want to have fun? Have fun somewhere else. I'm this close to accepting the idea of, of that. And if I'm there, I can't imagine where Belichick's head is at right now. Can't imagine. So, whatever happens, I'll react to it on this show. Subscribe. DannyPicard.com, also on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podcast One. Did I miss a place? Literally anywhere podcasts are available, get this show. The Danny Picard Show. Again, don't forget, 
my YouTube series on my YouTube channel, 363 Off the Air, Episode 2, dropped today. Make sure you watch that. Hit the like button or dislike. I don't know, whatever. If you don't like it, hit the dislike button. Some, it's activity. You need that activity to become relevant in the YouTube search engine. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notifications button. Do it all. I'm here every Monday and Thursday. I'll be back on Thursday reacting to the Bruins and the Celtics and the rest of the NBA and Stanley Cup playoffs. And again, anything that happens with the Patriots and their dramatic offseason, I'll react to that as well. And any other news in the world of sports or sports entertainment, as I do not ignore the WWE. You know that. I don't ignore it. I don't have anything today, but I might on Thursday. So get back to me then. Enjoy the rest of your week, everybody. I'm out. Talk to you soon.